0: A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. Enthusiasms. Enthusiasms.
1: What a mine? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy?
0: James, <laughs> music.
1: Alrighty folks, welcome back to the Po Hitter Podcast I am Rob DiPietro, the dead Poe Hitter Thank you for tuning in once again This is going to be episode number 53 Another recap of the NFPC main event Fab bidding for the weekend of April 11th um, I am joined again by Todd Whitestone Who is a writer for spstreamer.com You can find his article on the website puts it out once a week and it recaps the main event bidding basically what we talk about in the podcast so make sure you check that out as well as all the other articles on sbstreamer.com. got a streaming article for every single thing you could think of there so head over there check it out um it's free as well as all the other articles on sbstreamer.com, and you can even join the 24-7 VIP Discord community. Pretty cool. Hop on in there. 15 bucks for the whole year. Get to talk to guys like myself and Todd. And everybody in there is pretty sharp. Fantasy mind as is. Um, writers for the for the website or not. So pretty cool. Come hang out. Of course, to get the SP streamer himself too. Michael Simeone. Anyway. Um, yeah, so Todd joined me again. We go through the Fab Bidding. Um. <clears throat> thank you again for tuning in Listening to the show Hopefully these um, fab recaps are helpful If you have not yet left the rating for the show And if you like doing so If you like it And be doing me a pretty big solid To help other folks find the show You could go to anywhere You listen to your podcast And leave a rating or review Especially on Apple Podcasts Take a snapshot Send it to me on DM on Twitter And I'll send you some swag Um, At Hitter, That's where you can find me on Twitter And at Pod. So we are Rolling through the baseball season Right now Um, Cutline Fab Was due tonight Um, This is April 13th 10pm Cutline Fab is twice a year On the NFBC The best ball style format Where it's two bidding periods For the whole season and so, that's it, we got baseball just rocking and rolling now, um, hopefully your team has got off to a great start, obviously it's still a long way to go and you can grind away, but obviously getting off to a good start is never a bad thing, so, and you know, don't be so quick to make rash decisions on players that you felt comfortable with in your whole preseason tr- um, draft prep, right? You know, um, you spend three or four months um, investing in a person's skill set and you believe it, don't reverse course in two weeks unless it's an absolute shit show. Um, you know, really take the time to go beneath the surface stats and check out the skill set. Make sure everything kind of fall in line, everything will you know, everyone will talk about small samples right now. Of course, there's small samples. Um, there's, it should be mostly non-reactions so far, but there should be some under-reactions and over-reactions as well. This is just, it's just um, you know, you got to try to find any nugget of information you can into whether to be aggressive on players that are in free agent or that are on your team or if you're in a league with trades. Um you know, it's all part of the process. So yes, small samples for sure are there, but, um, you know, obviously at some point you got to paint, plant your flag and say, you're going to make a move because you believe in it. So, um, you know, make sure you're doing your homework out there for making such big decisions and quick rash movements based off two weeks of baseball. Um, yeah, so like I mentioned on the last podcast, I was trying to figure out some interesting things I could do to fill out the week for podcasting and going to settle into doing um, a podcast on Thursday, which will highlight the upcoming Friday through Sunday lineup period and for. Um, Anybody that plays in, obviously, NFC leagues That you can change your batters on um, For Friday through Sunday Or uh, fan tracks or CBS Wherever you play that accommodates those settings And you play in that I'm going to be doing a quick hitting 15-20 minute podcast That covers um, some, you know, some advice for the upcoming For that Friday to Sunday period So, um Mostly filled with interesting um, targets, um, pitching rotations to target against, uh, you know, Friday-lefty combinations won't be um, a long podcast at all. It would just be quick hitting. There's just some notable things to be aware of before you set your lineup for, for Friday through Sunday. Sometimes you'll have teams playing all three days and you have to really get down to um pitching matchups and ballpark so we'll try to hit on that and then obviously for the weeks this weekend everyone's playing every team is playing three games Friday to Sunday. Sometimes it's not like that. So um there's obvious, you know, calls where you have to make where it might be two games of a of a better player as the three games to an inferior player and maybe, you know, you have to determine which you feel will get you the better stats for those three days. So that's something I'm going to try to hit on Once a week As well as starting to bring Guests on who are in leagues with me Or generally just playing in leagues And bring them on Talk about their teams Talk about what' wrong in the draft I'm writing the draft And what they got to do to right the ship Or keep the ship afloat going forward uh, We'll do that You know um, Hopefully once a week Or once every other week I'm also going to try to cover um, Some Pitching matchups for the following week For two starters or um, Mid-range uh, Starters who are pitching once To try to go over a couple things That's a possibility Just throwing stuff out there in my brain to what I could put out there in the week um, Obviously I didn't want to do too many Quick um overreaction podcast in the first couple of weeks so i've just been absorbing everything just watching baseball and keeping track of my teams and just thinking about different ways to put out content for the week so um definitely gonna bounce around and try some things and hopefully you guys like it so um that being said we're just gonna get right into the episode with todd and i Bam. All right. Welcome back to the Poll Hitter Podcast. I'm back today with my man, Todd Whitestone, and we are about to break down the NFBC main event fab period for April 11th that just passed on Sunday. Um, Todd, how's it going? And thank you for joining me once again.
0: Thank you, Rob. Glad to be here and glad to discuss this with you uh, as we move a little further into the season.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You had your article that came out on spstreamer.com. Again, Todd is putting these out weekly to give you a recap on the um, FAB events. And um, we're going to do this podcast kind of like hand in hand. Um, Just before we get started, obviously, everyone should join the VIP 24-7 SP Streamer um we got a lot of cool stuff going on in the discord right Todd we uh, are okay. answering some questions um giving our opinion on things and also learning things as well from a bunch of people in there so um for everyone who's not involved with that go sign up right now it's peacetreamer.com it's 15 bucks for the whole year that's it um so yeah so Todd so you released your article yep. yesterday um, and obviously it was a, another pretty interesting bidding period. Um, yep. Definitely not as absurd as the Merriweather bids from right. week one, right. but nonetheless, very interesting. What did you find the biggest thing that popped out to you this week?
0: I mean, I think still people are still chasing closers, Rob. You know, I think uh, everybody, you know, in a 15 team league, uh, there's lots of teams that have maybe one closer or really maybe zero. And uh, that creates a lot of anxiety, of course. And people are willing to bid 300 or more fab dollars out of a thousand to try to get one. And uh, that's what you saw with Le- Lou Trevino, uh, Corey K'nabel, um, and uh, a few other lesser guys as well. You know, everybody trying to get on top of that problem early in the season.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, I think Lou Trevino was one that, I definitely felt more, the most confident about, I think he was the, been the reliever. I felt the most confident about that being popped up on fab, but I still didn't have enough money in my bids to get him. Um, uh, Again, it's just like part of me wants to, you know, make sure, but obviously before you, um, get the chance to know if you're right you know yep. you got to jump on it because yep. uh everyone's going to be a step ahead of that um but still again I guess I just having a little bit of uh I guess I'm a little bit gun shy right now with the closest I guess because I know in the back of my mind what I'm going to need to get them but right. in my mind I still don't really want to pay that much <laughs> you know so yeah, yeah. um you know, and I need him too. So at some point I'm going to have to get in, you know, and uh... well, there's
0: there's two ways to play it, Rob. And I think, you know, so far what you've done and what I've done in most cases is, you know, try to be a week and a half ahead and say, well, this might be a situation where they go to somebody else and I can get the guy for relatively cheap. Um, if you go for the Lou Trevino, where it was like pretty obvious that he might get a shot, then, You got to spend 200 or more fab dollars. So that's the second way. And you're not going to know, but I think there are two ways to go. It's just that one is more likely to result in saves than the other.
1: Right. Absolutely. And then you get a lot of the, of course, um, maybe uh, you know, the main guy won't be the guy anymore. Type of bit, like for Kenley Jansen's sake, you know, it was Corey Knebel um, that yeah. got a bunch of love. Um, and again, and and you know, I don't know if you know you could read into Roberts and he didn't want Jansen to work on that that back-to-back day. And so I don't know if that that's just hedging the fact that Dave Roberts is is lying, or that mm-hmm. a lot of people you know think that Jansen's skills are you know, pretty, pretty, you know, like on the decline, but he came back that next game and, you know, hit 95, right. looked pretty sharp. So I don't know. I just feel like that's a lot of money to get, you know, to pump into some maybe yeah. guy that, you know, the, the Luke, a Luke Trevino ad was definitely different because I think a couple of the things that the coach said, um, if you mind the news and you read in between the lines, it kind of, you know, pushed toward him. Uh, so kind of felt a little more confident that, but um again I I don't know how good you gotta have to be to really you know come on top of Kenley Jansen
0: yeah I mean I think the Dodgers prefer to have Jansen as sort of the nominal closer right Um, you know they they wanted sort of Dodgeritis with the closer as well as they do with the starters and everything else and so if they can throw Kenley you know two out of every five days and have with the save op, they're happy and that should result in some save ops even if Jansen doesn't have any problems for, for Corey Knebel. he should get eight or 10 saves. Even then. Right. Then there's always the chance that Jansen really deteriorates and then he could get more. So I think it's a reasonable gamble. But again, I, I held back from bidding 200 or 300 fab dollars myself. And, you know, we'll see if he, if he turns out to get 25 saves, uh, you know, it would have been a mistake, but. You know, you have to make the best decision you can. And uh, right now I'm trying to go the cheaper route and hope that works to some extent.
1: Right, right. I, and uh, I tried to, you know, avoid this completely by, you know, spending up a little more and than I normally would anticipate in, in a draft season, especially like a draft champion. But in my main event, I tried to get one closer in the top five rounds. And in some cases, I got two in the top eight. Uh, but Rosenthal um, just obviously that hurt me but and then the one that I'm in with you I um, just thought that Hicks was gonna be a little more you know ready to to take it um, in the beginning of the season but I'm still holding him because I anticipate him getting it by like May and I just think that he'll be lights out and that type of spot um so speaking of our league um before we get into the rest of the free agent uh talk I just wanted to hit up on our league real sure. quick um obviously um if if anyone listening didn't listen last week me and Todd are in the same main event league that we drafted in uh live in New York and um so right now um I'm in second in that league with 100 points, you're and sixth with 88 um I think your pitching had a pretty big boost in this past couple of days right yeah. My pitching
0: is my strength on that team right now. And uh, even though I don't have that many saves really. Yeah. Mostly my starting pitching, um, but uh, still lagging and hitting, uh, especially runs batted in. Uh, that's a weak category for me. Um, so we'll see, hopefully, I mean, again, it's still just a week and a half or so. Um, so I'm going to wait and see how, how it goes. But um certainly I I do have some work to do in that league. It's not one of my uh, top standing positions. I can tell you that.
1: Right. No, absolutely. Like you said, your, your pitching is is definitely very formidable right now. Um, And, and that's again, and my, and mine is too, without really having any saves as well. So we're kind of in that same boat. <laughs> we haven't spent so, uh, any yet on the on the past couple guys, so I guess we're going to be battling on the next couple. Um, but yeah, uh, and but it, it's been obviously, like you mentioned, it's only been ten days and and such. And but it's uh it, it's it's really like. You kind of don't want to always look at the live scoring or the standings, but you know, like, how could you help it, right? Like, well, you gotta uh, look. You gotta yeah. look. Like, <laughs> you, can't,
0: you can't help it, and, and it is. Look, it, we'd rather get off to a strong start than a weak start, and I think your your team is really uh, hitting on more cylinders than mine. Um, you know, so I, I'd rather be there than in 14th place where I was last week.
1: Um, right. No, absolutely. Yeah. You made a nice little climb there. And um, how about the other, uh, your other main event leagues? How are you doing in those?
0: Um, well, I'm in two others with uh, my uh, partner, James Anderson from Rotorwire. He's, he's a big help. And uh, we have one team that's really doing well. We're actually in first place. And then uh, another team that's really lagging. I forget what place they're in, but maybe like ninth or 10th. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit all over the map. I mean. I I do think in general, look, trying to look at all my teams, my pitching has started out better than my hitting. Right. I I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, you got to fix something usually. So um, hopefully if I can uh, get the hitters to start going better, make a good savvy pickup here and there, then uh, I can improve my positioning. Right.
1: Yeah. I got um actually my other main event team is is uh the pitching is just I've been pretty blessed with my pitching so far. I'm like 10th mm-hmm. overall in strikeouts and um like a 2.3 ERA. So I've been pretty light oh. out there. Again, still with only one save. Uh <laughs> but uh that that league, um, I think I'm like 60th overall right now. Um yeah. And uh yeah so I know that part of your article you you do a little scan across all the 43 yes. main event leagues um and you kind of show in the article um on SPstreamer.com you know the leader of the league second place and third place and I think it was awesome. I think it was a cool little add to the to the um article and I liked how it brought to light um some names you know because um, if you play on the NFPC and you're constantly looking at the standings, so a lot of these names start to pop out. Obviously, we know some of these guys from Twitter, some of them produce mm-hmm. content, some of them have been on podcasts, and uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to talk to a couple of them on podcasts. So it's cool to, you know, see the names, because then you really start to, you know, put your put your brain to thinking like, wow, okay, so... When a guy starts popping up a couple of times, you're like, oh, wow, you know, uh, (laughs) these guys, um, they know what they're doing, you know. So um, it's pretty interesting to see. So, um, yeah, tell the readers uh, a little bit about what you, you know, had in your article and some of the things that popped out to you.
0: Sure. So what I do is uh, based on the last Sunday's standings, I look at the top 20 overall. And for example, uh, uh, Tyler Young, I think it's it's J-U-N-G. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it, but. Tyler Young has first and fourth place overall, which is pretty fantastic. Um, and then we have uh, you know, some really solid players. John Posma is a really good player, I know. Philip Philip just is um, a great player. He's in third place as of that date. Uh, John Stadmuller is also an excellent player. I drafted against him in Las Vegas one time and uh I think he won that league that uh, that I was drafting that year, um, and then you have uh, Vlad Sedler who does you know articles and and a bunch of other people uh, that I recognize. Jeff Zimmerman is on the leaderboard from uh, uh, Baseball pr- Prospectus, I believe. Um, and bank uh,
1: draft too. Yeah, he, draft, writes, he writes everywhere. Jeff, he's, he writes uh, everywhere, but yeah.
0: he, he's very good. And yep. Michael Edelman, I know he's a he's a very strong player in baseball and football.
1: Yeah, and he was this, in our um, in our main draft, uh, main event our, draft, in our main as yeah. well,
0: right? And then right. um, Alan Mitchell, I don't happen to know, but he's on ninth uh, and eleventh overall, which is pretty fantastic.
1: That is pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, so. So anyway, I like looking at the uh, overall standings, and then um, then I drop down to the uh, league standings, where you mentioned I do um, I do uh, look at the top three, and then I highlighted the uh, the players that um, uh, were, were multiple leagues; they were in the top three, and uh, Phil Dassault is. Leading three of the 43 leagues, which I think is amazing. Um, yeah,
1: he's he's an awesome player, Phil. He's so smart. So good. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. so
0: smart. He's so good. And then Brian Slack.
1: Yep, another brilliant guy, another right? Another
0: great player that is, is up up top on three leagues. And Tyler Young, who we mentioned before, Matthew Shepard, um, and uh, Alan Mitchell, and uh, Scott Wagoner also. Right. Um, so those guys I just highlighted, and and I did list all the uh, top three in all the 43 leagues. And sure, this is going to change, Rob, over the past over the next uh, weeks. But uh, as you and I were discussing, it's better to be on top early than it is, uh, you know, to be trailing. And uh, right, you know, I, I certainly think that uh, uh, it's easier than trying to claw your way up from. 13th, or 14th place.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And in fact, you're on the leaderboard because you're first in uh, League 1531. So congratulations to you for that early <laughs> achievement. And, um, you know, so I, I just I just think hopefully that means you can do more tweaking than trying to uh, remake your roster. And uh, maybe that will make it easier for you to ultimately win the league.
1: Right. No. Yeah. And I just love how it's right here. You know, I like to bounce around and and, and take a look at all the leagues much that I can, but you know, plus you have the, the average on the bottom, they have the average of the, you know, what's the average uh, point total for the first place, second place, and third place And I was one fourteen point seven for first one Oh seven for second and a hundred point eight for third. So pretty, I love it. I think, like I said, it's great. It's great information. I think to take a look at, um, you know, we're looking at so many things um, as is, uh, but it's, you know, information is great. And yeah, I know you mentioned Tyler Young or Jung. I, I don't know how to say it correctly, but um, he also has great team names. Um, <laughs> last year, every team name, he played multiple DCs. He he was the guy that was up my butt um, in the draft champions overall. Okay. At the end of the year, he had... Whole bunch of teams in the top 100 in the draft champions. I can't believe how many, like I forget, probably at least 15 or 20. Um, yeah. and but every team name was a color plus socks, so it was like blue socks, uh, pink socks, green socks, striped <laughs> socks. And then this year he had the theme with, uh, you know, in the main event that league, uh, main socks hoping for a miracle. Um, which is funny so again he's going with the soccer and it's a terrible information for the listeners but it it's what excites me all right so anyway moving past that but anyway i thought that was cool that you that you mentioned that in the article and i thought it was awesome to mention some of the uh you know some of the early successful players out there um that yeah that we know Um, so one,
0: one thing to mention rob also is that you know i think um i normally look at trying to target uh, the top 80% um, in terms of each category. And right. that usually should get you about 11 points, which is really uh, nice to see the confirmation that if you do have 11 points across all the categories out of 15 teams, that does put you pretty much in first place in, in, in most leagues. So Boom. I, right. I thought that was a good confirmation. And, uh, you know, look... It, you can, you can try to look at targets it doesn't mean you're going to get them, but at least, um, for me trying to see, well, am I on track or off track? And that does make sense that if you're in the 80% and up, you're in good shape in that category.
1: Absolutely. Totally makes sense. Great, great way to piece that together. Good, good stuff right there. Okay, good. So, um, yeah, so, um, we'll get back into talking about the free agents that were picked up and dropped. Um, so last week we saw um, uh, uh, again. Getting back to our buddy Phil, who still gave me some uh, a, a good tip on how to figure out the average per uh, spent mm-hmm. per team across the league. So across all the main events, and last week there was eighty-seven dollars um, on average spent per team in the main event. And this week it stayed pretty high, right under by a dollar, eighty-six dollars total, fifty-five thousand four hundred and forty dollars spent. Uh, across the main event leagues, um, and I think he Phil actually mentioned on Twitter in a thread that, um, in 2019, uh, week two and three was uh, in the high 50s, so uh, definitely, um, we all were, uh, and like he mentioned in a tweet too, uh, are our brains uh still thinking that it's a short season, you know, because right, yeah, and um, he even did a little a little research, you took out even all like all the big closer bids, and it, it was still pretty high, even wow. without all the closers. It was still like I think in the high fifties as well. So, um, right, very interesting. So this week, um, the guy that was uh, got the most in leagues was Tyler Naquin. Um, mm-hmm. fell into some playing time with Jesse Winker mm-hmm. going down. Got off to a blistering start, but again. I am not sold on spending up to $318, which was his highest acquisition cost this week for a guy that's probably going right back into a platoon. What do you think, Todd?
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think he's going to play while he's hot. I think that'll happen. Uh, but I was not even willing to go to what the average winning bid was, which was 128 Right. the you know, if you're not willing to go to the average, you're probably not going to get the guy in most leagues. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, Shogo Akiyama is going to be back and then they're going to have extra guys for all the spots. And uh, without the DH in the National League, I think he's going to have to fight for playing time. And there's no way Tyler Naquin is going to hit the way he's been hitting. I mean, nobody, it's not, no, no knock on him. It's just you know, he, he's not shown that and he's not that kind of player, I don't believe. So, right. you know, look, more power to the people uh, that got him. Uh, certainly they've made their bet. And uh, but I just I'm unwilling to part with 12 uh, percent of my fab budget for tyler naquin um, right
1: i think you're right todd Uh, like you said the average winning bid was 128 the average running up bid was 68 i would probably if i was really in need for some some you know uh a spot for an outfielder and um i was probably willing to go like as high as like 35 40 bucks and maybe hoping you know you know just uh not hoping, but thinking, all right, well, if Winker's calf acts up again relatively soon that, you know, you can get back into some playing time. But again, yeah. um, Like that blistering start, you're also paying for the stats that I think he put up and where you didn't have him in the lineup. Yeah, right. You know, a right, lot of that right. price, I think is like, Oh, do I get those stats? No, you don't. Um, <laughs> you don't <laughs> at all. Like they're not coming with those stats. So yeah, that's a, that, that was a hard, um, that was a hard the other, pass the other for thing me. That
0: happened, Rob. I think that that spurred higher bids. Was he did throw in a stolen base? Yikes. Personally, I don't think that's a big part of his game. I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to get zero stolen bases here forward, but uh, I don't think he's a big base stealing threat. And uh, maybe people were thinking, oh, I'm going to get home runs and steals from him, and that I think that sort of inflated the uh, bidding.
1: Right. I think uh, <laughs> everything you can get with the stolen bases, huh? Jeez. Sure.
0: I mean, I think look, that makes a big difference, especially in 15-team leagues.
1: Right. Um, we'll move on to Lou Trevino, closer on the athletics today. He came in and closed his first game. Right. I think it was a confirmation for a lot of us that he was indeed the guy. Yeah. Um, Again, uh, um, average winning bid of 186 and average runner-up bid of 134. And as you mentioned in your article, Todd, this was one of the most, uh, one of the more tightly um, bid on players, but between guys who won him and and, um, the men and women who came, you know, who bid on him as the runner-up bid. So, um, and this one looks real. This one looks so far as he might be the guy. Um, So this might be, you know, uh, money well spent right here um yeah you see a, a bunch of bids that were you know 188 to 177 170 to one um, 180 to 177 uh, just a bunch of really close yep. bids here I think the highest I put him for was 71 or 81 and mm-hmm. I didn't come close um in my league at least uh so
0: yeah, this is um, the only player that had a average runner-up bid over a hundred dollars right so even the runner-ups that weren't getting him bid average over a hundred and you know I think it was worth it I mean you know uh, he looks like the odds-on favorite um but it is always a little dicey uh, you know I think Diekman could still get saves and maybe not maybe Trevino gets most of them I'm not sure but uh you know you gotta you gotta take a stand as you and I were discussing you can't just say, I'm going to bid 10 bucks on everybody. And, and, and these, these fantasy owners did that and they might be proven right and have their second or third close or whatever it is for them.
1: Right. I think uh, you're right. At some point you got to stay, all right, this is the guy I'm going to pony up for. And even if he gives you a 15, 20, I guess, uh, you know, that's exactly what, you know, what you're looking for in that situation. We'll move on to another closer. I mentioned him earlier, Corey Knievel. Um, the Dodgers, these, he was one in 37 leagues um, mm-hmm. for a max of 201, went up to 201 for Knievel, um, an average winning a bit of 82 and run up a bit of 48. Right. Um, again, I think we mentioned real quick that, you know, uh, this is a situation where, uh, you know, I just don't know where, when you would really, you know, be confident to put him in your lineup, you know. Right. Um, in, in, in hopes for a save. And then obviously, unless you're going to stash him, stash him away. Um, and, 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 you know, hope that he gets the job at some point. I um, think
0: he will provide strikeouts. He will provide, uh, hopefully help your whip and ERA. Um, I'm not sure he's going to get more than 10 or 12 saves over the season, but, uh, you know, he's there. If Jansen falters, that might be part of the thinking, um, I think the, the bidders would have been even higher, except Jansen did come in Sunday night and uh, get a save. So uh, barring that, I think he would have been up near Trevino. Um, right. But anyway, I, I think, uh, you know, it's a good gamble. I would have been happy to have him on my teams. It's just that I wasn't gonna spend the kind of money that the others were willing to do so. So again, uh, it could be proven right if Jansen has an injury or something. Um, then they they have a great situation
1: right absolutely um i will take our turn now to uh let me get this name right waska inoa um, Mm. pitcher on the braves he came up with a double start this week Um, a lot of people were on him for the double start and also from what i think he was showing um you know early that he you know, had a couple of pitchers that were ticked up VLO wise, getting some more movement as well as just p- producing a ton of ground balls. Um, yeah. So just great combination. Do a look for on a pitcher, especially the Braves. Um, good, good winning team. You so can go five, get some wins. He had an average winning bit of 35 and average runner up bit of 13 and, um, Maybe this was too low to get a guy of this caliber. He had a yeah. great game yesterday. He looked phenomenal. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, you know, did, did you have any bids on him?
0: I really didn't prioritize him. I might have had a couple secondaries. I didn't get him, And I think maybe it might have been a mistake. He was, like you said, Rob, he was thrown 97. And he was, uh, he looked very strong. Um, I, I'm not sure. I really haven't followed him before this past week or so. So uh, I was a little skeptical, but maybe that was a mistake. You know, he certainly looks like a good ad, especially for this week, but even maybe a guy to hold on to going forward.
1: Right. I think so. Um, At at least um, until, you know, um, who knows what happened with – Mike Saroka, get into it later when we talk about the drop. But he was dropped in five leagues, guys. uh, I guess they're you know just um, running out of patience with I guess his latest step back. But yeah, he he could be he could get a lot a lot longer leash than um, we anticipated. I want to move on to now old and reliable Jed Lowry, who has played more games this year than he played in his whole Met career. I'll tell you that much. Um, (laughs) But he he was uh, one of the most popular guys. His highest um, his highest purchase price was 149. um, Average winning bit of 38. Average runner up bit of 13. Um, Can he keep producing Todd? What are you expecting from Jed Lowry? I
0: mean, he's a good, he's kind of the old school baseball player kind of guy. And I think people liked him, but it's just his injury history is bad. Um, But if he's getting regular playing time, which he is now, I think he's, he's well worth it. And, uh, you know, I think the bids were reasonable on him for the most part, Uh, you know, 38 to 50 bucks for Lowry is good. You know, you have to have the need in the middle infield, which is where he qualifies, but um, I, I certainly would think he'd be a great guy to have and be able to plug in and out of your lineup.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> I almost wonder if it was just like I didn't really need middle like middle help, but still I just I see his name and I'm like Chad Lowry. There's you know,
0: some guys just, It's really hard to fit in, <laughs> in because just what you've seen
1: some you know, fantasy analysis on Todd, you burn yeah, the yeah, Mets. Well, You're done.
0: <laughs> sometimes uh, uh, James Anderson, my partners says stuff to me, like maybe we should think about this guy or that guy. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, I just have a negative connotation with that player. Like he, he happened to, he, he wasn't really big on him, but he's happened to somewhat like Michael Pineda, um, before the season started, and and I was I just remember him from his Yankee days since I'm a Yankee fan, and uh, he was just a guy I could I couldn't even stand to watch pitch. Forget about the results. So anyway, uh, I try to overcome that, but sometimes I fail as well.
1: <laughs> yes, it it it's a it's a real thing. Our brain biases are just <laughs> uh, they're they're really they're really cooked up, you know. I mean, it's a powerful force. Um, all types of bias uh you exactly. can go through them all we could do a whole podcast on the biases but uh we'll keep it moving to uh um another um hot pitcher uh jacob Dunis. um wow well, talk about being burned before in the past but he looks like a different pitcher he added the new pitch wow. um and it looks it, it looks pretty promising so far i think it's kind of shaping up well um pitch design wise tunnel wise with um another one of his pitches and it's just um it looks like he, he he's a, a new pitcher you know i know it's early yeah. I know it's uh, only 10 11 innings but he you know these things can happen um when guys make a legit change and and are still effective pitches he's you know he had a promise once before and uh this is um this is the guy too i i, I was a little I was I I didn't really need help in the in my one pitching um main event league. Um yeah. just, just solid there. And uh I had a lot of starts lined up in the league work together. So my bid for him was more so like um like a lower shot at a rest of the season type improvement and more, you know, and I just you know kind of got outbid and some conditional bids, you know, to try to sneak him in on my roster. Yeah. But um yeah, he he, He went for uh, an average of 33, an average backup of 15. Right. Um, So, what do you think of Jacob? Do you think he's going to reach?
0: I think he definitely could turn out well. Uh, You know that new pitch. I think is going to help him. Um, I think this was the annual reminder for me. Rob is that every year there's there's a one or two players that for some reason my head tells me oh you know not many people are really in on this guy. They won't, um, they won't really uh, be aware that he has a new pitch and that he, uh, even though he hasn't had great results, he's, he could be better. So I, I convinced myself that a low bid is going to be uh, something that could win. And uh, I don't know if it would have changed my bids, but I just feel like this happens to me early every season where I say, you know, these, these main event players, they read everything. They're up on every uh situation and you can't expect them not to know a fact like that and that you're going to be able to get them for you know some low number um you know it's just you you have to bid what which is what you did you bid what he's worth to you but you don't say to yourself oh i don't think they're on on top of the situation
1: right and you know as as our um our sp streamer himself michael uh, has you know reminded me with plenty of pitchers is, hey, K, you know, this guy tried a new pitch before or tried, uh, you know, even the same pitch before. So it's not always like right. um, it's going to stay and it's not always like it's going to stay and be successful. I think he was kind of talking about that on a thread with Tyler Glass now. You know, someone was saying, oh, you, you know, do you second guess yourself with Tyler Glass now? And he's like, well, it's still early. It's still a new pitch. Even though it looks devastating right. and it looks real, he also tried using a splitter one time and failed at that. So, um, you know, like I said, definitely looks dominant and great. So you just have to hope those changes really stick. And obviously with those changes, you know, the opposing teams now, you know, now it's not a surprise, right? So. Yeah your slider is not going to be a surprise anymore going forward. Obviously, it's still filthy enough that teams can't hit it, but, right. <laughs> you know, um, definitely can get prepared more of that. We'll go to another um, two-pitch, a two-star guy this week that was a popular commodity, and that was Wade Miley on the Cincinnati Reds, mm-hmm. who had a stellar start to that yesterday with five innings pitched, um, no runs. His average winning bid was 24, and his average backup bid was 11. I got shut out here again in my week. Um, I think in our week actually. But mm-hmm. um I again, um I think I tried uh I forgot my good with him for, but uh like him same kind of way with Junis. I was kind of thinking like I wanna sneak him in yeah. for like a cheaper value for like maybe as a rest of the season type pitcher, um, because he's been a a pretty you know above average pitcher twice. Before, so um, he kind of looks like he's back to his old form,
0: right. and
1: especially in the Cincinnati. And then, plus going through, you know, I'm going through the list now of all the teams that bid on him and won him, uh, and won him. And you, you know, I see the robot won him. So I guess <laughs> I guess I was onto something good there.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think he's a good two start option. Uh, again, I I'm not as confident in him when he goes home to Cincinnati. Uh, It's a little bit of a tough ballpark to pitch generally, but uh, certainly a good two-start option. And again, I don't think people generally overpaid. The highest bid was 63. I don't think that's bad. And even most of the bids were 30 or less. So, um, you know, I I think it was a good ad and uh, I didn't get them either, but I just wasn't a huge Wade Miley backer, but again, might be a mistake. Um, Right. Right.
1: Let's move on to now our hitter, Philip um Phillip Evans, third baseman yeah. on the on the Pirates. He's been smashing ever since Cabrian Hayes went down. Right. Um Cabrian Hayes now is like gonna be out a little longer than anticipated. So there comes Philip Evans, um, you know, solid, solid numbers across. A board stat cast wise, um plate discipline wise. Uh he looks pretty legit early. Um obviously we can't know if it's gonna stick around, but um sure. Sure. what's your thoughts on Philip Evans? He looks
0: good. I mean, the Pittsburgh doesn't have that many hitters that are really good, and he's looks like one of them. Uh <laughs> that's for um, sure. <laughs> I do take issue with the person that bid 250 for him. Yeah, I mean, that was a little bit too much, but most of the bids were much more reasonable than that and uh, I think he could get a few weeks of value um, you know out of that position and uh, uh, hopefully uh, he'll, he'll continue to play regularly. I wonder if he can play another position if uh, Hayes comes back maybe they can move him to left field or something because uh, they certainly have uh, the open spots that they could use somebody that can hit.
1: I think they were talking about second base or him and Frazier moving oh, more yeah. to you know outfield second base, you know, That's he true. plays yeah. both. But yeah, no, I, I've read that he was definitely capable of, of handling that. And obviously if he keeps hitting, they're definitely gonna, yeah, sure. you know, try to keep that in there. And like you mentioned, um the one winning bid for 250, he had an average winning bid of uh 31 bucks. If you take out that 250 dollar bill, it, it drops ten dollars to twenty one bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so definitely most people,
0: most yeah. people kept it uh, well reined in and it was just a one outlier. Um, right. but yeah, I think he could be a valuable add, you know, and again, if, depending if you needed a corner uh, infielder, that's the, the, the
1: key. Right. Absolutely. It's all about need. The need is going to drive uh, z- bids most of the time. Um, right. Right. N- needs and hype. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll move on to um, one of my favorite baseball players right now, Zach McKinstry. Right. a funny story about Zach McKinstry. I thought of playing Dynasty um, last, last year, um, during the, the shutdown, you know, buried my head into some minor league stuff and, uh, was looking at so many different things, baseball, Q analyst, prospects live. And, um, you know, I fell in love with this guy just like okay. randomly saw some, you know, he just, uh, popped off the page and, and, and so many different hitting metrics that I was like, wow, they, you know, this guy, and then, I read that he was like this, you know, mini version of Daniel Murphy and he played all these spots. And I just like had this infatuation, like one of my first real like content threads on Twitter as like a quote unquote analyst was on Zach, Zach Ginch 3A. It's uh-huh. um, so like a six, six, you know, tweet thread on like um, some of his charts on minor graphs on on Prospects Live and just all this stuff. And, and and you know, I had some some minor league analysts like, oh, you know, this is a good spot. Like in, in, I feel like he's almost on that, you know, Jake Cronenworth mold too, where it's not that flashy prospect that, you know, it pops off as this, you know, you know, this uh, 80 grade guy, but he's a baseball player that plays all across a diamond and plays on a team that plays guys in that type of fashion. Um, got him in a bunch of draft champions leagues this year. Um, I don't have him in any, of uh the main events but um just because i still don't trust the volume um you know that i think he's gonna get and um that at least i think he needs to you know be a factor in weekly lineups plus he he still hasn't gotten the the outfield qualification um he's still utility only so kind of holds you up there but um yeah he he was he had an average winning bid of thirty-seven bucks and an uh, average backup bid of nine, but uh, he has some healthy bids, um, a bunch over fifty and one in the nineties. So, um, yep. Yep. What
0: yeah, I do you think, think of- uh, McKinnistry – Look, the Dodgers are just loaded. I mean, they have so many They're- guys, Rob. That, so could McKinstry play sort of halftime even without any major injuries? I think he could, but it's tough to roster a guy like that because are you going to play him Monday through Thursday when maybe the Dodgers have four games, but he might play twice. I mean, I, it's, it's hard. I mean, he is talented. So there's that. And if some, if there was a couple of injuries, he'd be probably one of the first guys they turn to, but in NFBC, we only have seven man benches and uh, sometimes that, this type of guy is not one of the guys you can hold. So, uh, uh, but, but these teams might've had an immediate need for somebody of, uh, his uh, caliber, and maybe um, maybe they can use him at least short-term. Um, and maybe he falls into more playing time. I don't know. But the Dodgers, just every position, they have two or three options, and I just feel like they're going to play everybody, like, Will I be there?
1: Yep. Sorry. Had a little difficulty. But go ahead. Sorry. What were you saying about the... Uh...
0: So it's was just saying that guys have like, can play all, all these bench players like 60% of the time. And uh, just fear that that's what they're going to do. And so it's hard to really put plug these guys into your lineup. And even right. if somebody gets hurt, they have guys in the alternate site that can come in and command playing time too. Um, so, right. anyway, you know, it's... Uh, that's the only problem. I do think he's talented and he can uh, produce if he was given enough of that.
1: Right. Absolutely. I do think so, too. Um, uh, I love his skill set. Uh, I'm going to mention two two catchers, um, Dom Nunez and Luis Torrens. They were the two of the most popular ads this week um, in the main event. Dom Nunez went uh, in 28 leagues for an average winning bid of 27 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um another one of my, uh, you know, guys, I, I dabbled on in draft champions, um, as some late catchers options, um, we drying up and, um, target him, you know, in two leagues. And, uh, I didn't think I got enough of him in those draft champions leagues. I wish I would have got him everywhere. I didn't want to have too really? much of one, you know, speculative backup catcher, but he's gotten more of the run than Diaz yeah. is, um, yeah. I think he he's definitely um, not as uh, uh, like advanced hit tool wise, like um, reaching, um, you know, get out of the zone. Uh, definitely more on Diaz's side, but Yen's adds that that hit or miss, that um, you know that that big upside uh, type of you know. I think adds you know if you had a catcher like that, it could just be so big. For your team, and he's got, a, he's got a pretty great speed score too. So, who knows if he had some, you know, some speed in there? But he was pretty popular this week. And he was actually, he was actually, um, uh, Life was dropped six times, seven times to get him in league. So, it's funny, it was just a little Colorado Rocky swap right there.
0: That's right, that's right. No, he is getting the run now. So, I think he, for the moment, when people that are, are playing sort of the catcher, uh, roulette you know, at the end of the spectrum, they probably can uh, use Dom Nunez over him. Um, So, yeah, I I think it's a a wise move. And uh, I didn't get him myself, but I could certainly see the case for it.
1: Well, And and Luis Torrens, I I felt like, did not get enough um, love. Uh, um, He mostly went unchallenged. I see one, two, three, four, five. There's only... Six, uh, six out of his twenty league that he was um bidded on that that nice. he had a backup bid. He, so um, guys snuck him onto the roster pretty much unchallenged. Um, nice. what what was brought to my attention that I didn't realize, but that he actually played back to back games at the H, um, which is pretty interesting, and batted fifth. So um, they look like they're trusting that young bat. Obviously, when Lewis comes nice. back, Kelnick gets called up. Maybe he doesn't you know, stay that high in the lineup, but it definitely is promising when a team sure. is willing to, you know, put the, put a young catcher in at DH. Um, I but I was surprised Tom, that he went unchallenged. That's uh
0: right. I think people are worried about Tom Murphy because he, I think they consider him the better defensive catcher and he might right. have more playing time there, but yeah, if they're going to DH him. Uh, and he is a good young player from everything I know about him. I think it's uh, again, a, again, good move. And if you if you got some dead weighted catcher, which a lot of teams do, a lot of 15 team people, I think uh, he, he could make a worse ad than that by far.
1: Right, right. Um, wanted to highlight a couple of other guys before we go into some drops, some quick hits. Um, Tim LaCastro, Tom um, Arte goes down moving some more playing time and again in the speed starved environment he went for 198 and 103 okay. um, in two separate leagues for you know he averaged winning bid of 75 bucks and again heavy heavy challenge bids um the average backup bid was 50 bucks so there was a lot of a uh, lot of um, heat in there and trying to add Tim lacastro and some speed is this a guy with the kind of skill set that you're looking to add to your team Todd
0: yeah, I didn't, again, I didn't get him. I can't claim that. But I do think the speed, even for short term, is just so valuable. If you can get like three, four, five stolen bases over two weeks from Castro, then I think that's really helpful to any 15-team league. So, yeah, he's, he's certainly a good, worthy target. And uh, this is why, uh, Rob, you mentioned this, because and it's a good point, because you got to watch the drops in every league. And see who's available. You may assume a guy like Lou Castro is not available in your league, um, but he was available in a couple of main events. And uh, the owners that noticed that and were, uh, clued, you know, clued in and, and bid on him, that they were able to get them. And I think this is why you got to, got to look carefully and not just say, oh, I kind of know who's available in all these leagues, and uh, they're probably the same guys across every league that I'm in. It's right, not really, not really
1: true, right? Absolutely. Um, I uh, man, it was a crushing to lose Marte. I have him in so many spots, yeah. but you uh, he, and and he, he was just ripping the cover up ball. He looked like uh, you know, back to that amazing hitter we saw two years ago. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah.
1: that one, I
0: just rant, rant one thing, uh, and Rob, you know, why is it every time that a guy uh, gets an injury, they say it was something like a cramp. You know, like <laughs> Marte, if you saw the play, and I'm sure you did, he looked like somebody shot him in the leg.
1: Yeah, right. He
0: just face first on the ground, and he was in obvious pain, and I don't wish anything <laughs> bad for the guy, but uh, there was no way that was a cramp, you know, and that's uh, you know, and, and the teams always, they always do this, and, you know, you just you can't let, let it get your hopes up. I guess is the main thing because uh, you know we we kind of knew he was going to be out for several weeks. So uh, the initial report, they always feel like I do think they feel like they're supporting the player in some way to say it was something really minor. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Kettle Marte cares if they said he pulled his hamstring. That's my personal opinion. Um, but it
1: and and it's also slash non-COVID illness. That's that's, that's true, also true. attached to every every injury diagnosis yeah, now too.
0: Hamstring non COVID. Yeah, that's yeah, true.
1: hamstring non-COVID um illness. Uh crazy. Um I wanted to mention a guys that we talked about last week that are still still getting some um some major run um on a diamondback team, sticking with the diamondbacks, uh Stephon Crichton and Kevin Ginkle. Last uh, week they yeah. were hugely popular. This week again too. Yeah. Um I guess everyone and a couple of drops for the to pick up them. So uh, I guess everyone's just wondering what the hell is going on with the Diamondbacks. Uh but again, Ginkle and, and Crichton popular. Um sure. uh, went for, you know, went in over 10 leagues. Um Crichton for an average of 58 and Um, average runner up bit of 35 and, Mm -hmm. and, and Ginkle average winning bid of 39 with a backup of 23. So again, you know, contested very hotly contested bid for, you know, um, quote unquote, speculative closers. Um, I, I took a, I took a little dip into the Crichton pool for, you know, I, again, I needed some saves. Um, I think like we mentioned, and um, I I didn't want to do a big splash. I wanted to kind of save money and, um, I I no I grabbed him for thirty two bucks again. I wasn't um I wasn't thinking it was a terrible bid. Um you no, know he did. he was coming in some high leverage. He had three holds and um but it's just you know his last couple of outings looked uh, pretty risky. So um I don't know I don't know who's gonna get the saves in, in <laughs> Arizona.
0: Yeah I think Crichton has I would be he would be the guy I'd bet on personally. that, gives yeah. you no, that should give you no comfort but. In terms of uh, who I would bet, I think Ginkle is the younger guy and has a little bit of command problems, even though he throws harder. So I would say the managers usually prefer the veteran, and Crichton is a little older, I believe. So I, I think I think you you made the right move there. And uh, uh, if, if Arizona does go with one consistently one guy, then I think Crichton would be the choice probably.
1: Right. Um another popular guy uh yimmy Garcia he was available in five leagues he went for an average of 272 and an average backup of 207 he went right. for 324 278 272 59 228 so um and it, it it looked like the next game he got his chance um it looked like he might be the guy in that role. I um, mean, though, even though Mattingly listed his old bullpen as options in the, in the presser. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on Yimmy? You think he's underway with yeah, this, think, or you uh, think Mattingly is going to? In
0: few weeks, I think Yimmy Garcia is the guy to, to own for sure and we will get the bulk of the saves. I'm not sure, as confident in his skill set, I'm not going to say that, oh, he's just going to be the guy for the whole season, no doubt. But, uh, you know, Again, these there was these five leagues in main event out of forty-three where he was still a free agent, and that's when you get a real bidding war. You know all these 200 three hundred dollar bids because uh, people see that he was named the closer. So, um, you know, right. certainly uh, a great option. If, if you and I could have added him for a lower price, we would have done it. And uh, you know, but uh, the question is, will he? Will will they go back to to Bass once Bass gets straightened out? I don't know. Uh, you know, I think um, I think I think they're not looking at Garcia as like he's our closer forever, as 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 if he's uh, Liam Hendricks or something.
1: Right. I yeah, I I agree with that. It could change on the fly for sure. Two last closers I want to mention. The one was grabbed in 22 leagues. Kendall Graveman and uh, Canto Robles was grabbed up in 15 leagues. Um, Graveman got the save today when Montero was brought on in the seventh. I got confused at first. I was like, the seventh? Oh, here it is. But it was actually a doubleheader. And it was the actual, (laughs) you know, you really got to... Yeah, their brain is just so locked into nine inning games um but um graveman you know as a guy that i liked again going back to dc's i was picking him all like in every league um in the late you know 48th round 47th round they just i never liked montero anyway and i don't think he's gonna hold on to that job i like these speculations right here they were um it was pretty solid um i believe you won him too right
0: yes i got him in
1: our yeah. league in our league yeah, yeah.
0: So, he was my uh, backup
1: to Crichton, so and I had um, him. I think I had him like four bucks. I would have lost anyway, but uh, yeah. yeah
0: I, was, I was glad to get him. I think he has a chance. Um, he, I did watch the save today, and uh, he, the first two um batters really hit the ball hard. They just didn't, didn't find a, a a home out in the uh, field, so he got a little lucky. Um, but I'm hoping that does help him because. Montero did blow the save again, and I don't know that the Mariners can have too much confidence in Montero. Um, So, again, I'm just fishing around like you are, and hopefully we can run into something. Um, But uh, I do think he's a worthy gamble for people in leagues, maybe non-main event leagues, or maybe he's probably still out there in a few uh, mains uh, that he was not picked up. I didn't check that myself.
1: Right. Yep. I want to close up the ads by just mentioning again, um, without even looking at players, um, you know, you can know in the back of your head that uh, you're going to be paying up closers and two star pitchers and guys that are are, are, are 90% owned, you know, that are available in one league. Um I'll just mention a couple of those guys like Steven Match, Robbie Ray, Des and Kopek, they were available only one league and they went in the high yeah. hundreds. Right. Um, again, the two-start pitches, even your Dean Kramer's, your Aaron Sanchez's, um, you know, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be in between eleven and 50 bucks um consistently. Um yeah. so yeah. if you're if you're before you even put up, you know, uh the name. Uh, before you look at a player, if you see two starts, just know that you're going to be ponying up um, for that and for speculative closers, as well as guys that are, you know, uh, like Josh Donaldson, you know, was dropped in a league and he was picked up for 311 bucks. You know, there's going to be big races for guys where some team feel like this guy should not be on the wire. So just uh, something to pay attention to, um, you know, when you're bidding on the players, you uh, before we get to the drops, I know you mentioned in your article that um, you talked about the number of successful bids that were over a dollars and $200. Do you want to um, yeah. hit that real quick before yeah, we move to the job?
0: Uh, last week, there was 139 bids over $100. This week, there was 135. So close to the same, even though I think more total dollars were spent uh, in Fab Period 2 uh, a week ago than this week. Um, and then... I did this week only I did highlight the guys over 200 how many winning bids were there over $200 and there were eight players that commanded that wow. um, and some of them were the guys like Yimi Garcia who were, were only available in a few leagues but there, there was a bunch of uh, big bids uh, Philip Evans uh, Corey Knable, uh the guys really wanted and went over 200 and again to me, it's tough to bid over 200 unless you're really sure, uh, because there there are 26 weeks or so in the season. This is week three, but um, but it, they could they could prove out correctly, you know. If, if the guy hits for the whole year, it's a great buy. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I did, I am trying to follow that to see how people are uh, marshaling their resources. I still think most main event teams have seven eight. Hundred eight fifty left. There are people that have spent big, but I, I don't don't get fooled into thinking that uh, people are all the way down at four hundred dollars. I don't think that's the case.
1: Right. I might be down to four hundred after I do my cut line bids tonight. No, but that's
0: a, that's a different game. That's totally
1: different, different game. game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have no clue what to do in that. It's my. It's uh, you know, last year was totally different. Um, I missed the first bid period on that when i asked him that was a major mistake that i i get reminded of every day um but uh, um yeah totally different story totally different bidding process um so you brought up some of the um bigger drops in your article guys who you know have been either out on the um il or had surgery guys like trevor rosenthal james paxton um morjan got hurt um, Davinsky, who was a big popular pickup last week, dropped in 27 leagues the following weeks, you know, uh, again, I, I think, you know, what was his, um, bids last week? You know, he, yeah, it, we talked about him last week. He, he was picked up in, in 43 leagues, you know, for, for an average of 56 bucks and he right. already been dropped. Um, and so you guys got like, uh, Elias Diaz, um, as we just mentioned, dropped in 27 leagues, um, obviously on the short side of the platoon, there. Um, is there any guy that stood out for you that wasn't like a non-injury drop that? Um, um you're...
0: yeah, I think uh, the one that I found interesting was Daniel Ponce de Leon. Um, he had a really bad start; he gave up seven earned runs. Um, but you know, I feel like, um, I try to at least add starting pitchers that I think I can hold on to and hopefully I'm not overreacting to one start. If, if I do add somebody, Um, I I admit that people were probably disappointed, but um, you know, I feel like uh, that was a little bit of a knee jerk reaction, but a lot of the others were injuries or really not playing, uh, getting playing time. And I can really follow those pretty well. They're pretty obvious drops.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Um I was looking down down in the, um, not so much uh, like the higher drop guys, but somewhere like in the lower um, amount where you know maybe your owners are are having more trouble, you know uh, in their drops, um, guys you don't see a lot of like uh, I mentioned before. Mike a Roker of the Atlanta Braves dropped in five leagues. Um, mm-hmm. A guy that was going, you know, pretty decent, you know, capital in the drafts and um, five teams have decided from his one step back that it's just not worth hanging on to him. Obviously, like we mentioned, team needs are going to Trump, um, right. you know, that, but uh, I just thought that, you know, he's one of those, uh, I don't have any Mike Roker. I stayed away from that, but I feel like it's almost, you um, it's on the cusp, and then you're just dropping them. But I guess team needs, you know, again, we don't know the context of uh, yeah, if um, you need
0: a third baseman, sometimes you got to make a drop. But uh, Soroka, yeah, I was not on him either. And I think if he comes back at all this year, I think it's going to be an achievement, and especially uh, Rob. If you think about it, he plays in the national league, and if he's pitching, he has to bat right and, and coming up with an Achilles injury. And uh, even if he's not going to really try to run to first base or something, I think that just puts added stress that uh, I would hate to see. So, I don't know. I hope I hope he does well. I hope he comes back healthy. But I do think he's a big risk for this year.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. One guy I was surprised to see drop too is Jacob Stallings. Who dropped in sixth league. Yeah. Um, you know, hitting well, playing pretty much every day at catcher. Yeah. Um, again, uh, maybe it's a situation where – uh, rostering a third catcher while one is injured and he was dropped. Uh, but still, uh, for 15-team leagues, uh, I thought it's a pretty pretty interesting drop. Another guy, Lucas Sims, dropped in eight leagues. Uh, I know Garrett's been getting the run. Sims got last night. Garrett's been giving up a lot of loud contact, uh, contact and home runs like he normally has. Um, so, again, this is another interesting drop where I feel like um, a committee approach w- was probably still in, in the cards as much as Garrett was getting it. At the, um, you know, Sims was just a little behind in that rehab than Garrett was. And um, I think, as Greg Hewitt mentioned um, a lot of times in his articles, that when um, the pitching coach was with the Brewers, they had three guys, say, 15, uh, had 15 saves with Hayter. Um and, and in first season. Um, so, you know, again, Sims, Garrett, Doolittle, they, you know, they all might get a little run. So I was just surprised to see that drop.
0: Yeah. I think he'll be uh, heavily bid on unless something changes uh, next Sunday for the, in the leagues that he was dropped because he did get that save. And uh, I do think there'll be some kind of share for him uh, in Cincinnati. So yeah, right. I, yeah. And that's why you got to watch the drops, you know, Uh, maybe he's in the league that you're playing in and you can pick him up and he might be just as good of an option as one of these other semi-closers and then uh, certainly better than you what you might have on your roster right now
1: right yeah even especially like even guys like uh, you know Garrett Cooper um, and JP Crawford like they would both dropped in eight leagues. Um, Paper Croft is not doing anything special and he didn't hit the bottom of the lineup, but he had a full week this week. He's not coming out of the lineup because he's a goal golf shortstop. And Cooper actually had a pretty good hitting mm-hmm. schedule this week. So surprised he dropped. Um, yeah. um Roddy Telez dropped in nine leagues. He's hitting very poorly. Um, yeah. getting his shot with Springer out, um, and he's just not taking advantage of that at uh, right. all. Okay, right? he's going
0: for 23, right? So yeah, that's uh not the best timing for him but yeah i i thought he might do well at the beginning of the season but apparently he had a cold streak so that didn't help his cause
1: right absolutely so yeah just a a couple of drops and like we mentioned you know um i know when i'm looking at my fab Result. i'm look. you know don't just i'm looking at both both columns i'm looking at the drops and if if if, if it's someone that uh piques my interest i click on them immediately yeah. add them to my watch list and they're there just so I, you know i do it right off the bat because i know you know that uh I might lose track of that but you know it's just simple you get your fab results you click on a guy if you think he's a you know like a, a drop you're interested in and boom sure. You know, yeah,
0: and you don't have to bid on him if, if things change. And even though he's on your watch list, you can just play it by ear. But yeah, at least you're not going to forget about him, which is uh, the worst thing to do. You, you want to at least consider all these guys. There's enough mistakes we can make, uh, even when we look at the names, let alone. The, uh, you don't want to exactly forget that this guy is actually available. That'd be, right. uh, that'd be sort of a basic problem.
1: Absolutely, all right, Todd. That was awesome. We banged out another.
0: Uh... Yeah, yeah, it was very, it was fun. So now, can I, can I tell you this one little story before we close? Absolutely, go ahead. So, is it, for the people that listened that uh, were watching MLB t- uh, TV, they might have seen this, but I thought it was pretty funny because they were interviewing Joe Musgrove, who of course had the no hitter, and they were mm-hmm. asking him about the no hitter, and uh, you know, they, he said, "Well, I wasn't really expecting." To pitch that long into the game and but we were going so well that they let me keep going out there uh and then he he divulged that he his normal practice is to drink a bottle of water between each inning so he that's his normal procedure he has a like another stick of gum i think and he drinks a whole bottle of water before he goes out for the next inning so uh, they asked him well did you go to the bathroom you know with all that all that water. And he said, well, he, he wanted to be a little on edge. So, so he, he actually decided not to go to the bathroom because he, he was pitching so well, he hadn't given up any hits. What? and uh, so, Yeah. So he drank <laughs> nine bottles of water oh, God. during the game. He did not go to the bathroom. And uh, he said he was worried that if, if he got the no hitter, that they were going to hug him and he was going to actually piss in his pants you know, after the celebration. Uh, um, but so so then the the MLB TV announcer came up with a really good line. They said, so you not only had a no hitter, but you had a no pisser. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> so that God. That was, was great. So anyway, that's uh, a little known fact about Joe Musgrove's uh, pitching uh, style that uh, maybe he, he liked to drink all this water. I think I would suggest going to the bathroom, but. Hey, if he's going to pitch no hitters, maybe uh, maybe the best thing is to to keep doing what he was doing.
1: Wow, that is something else. <laughs> I mean, he wanted to feel on edge. I mean, when I really gotta go, I can't function. Like I can't yeah. think. I you know, yeah, I can't even you know, don't even try to do fab bids if you gotta hey, really? go. I mean, my mind is just you know a, a scrambled mess. I mean, if you want to feel on edge, just. Just, just log on to Twitter and you'll immediately get fired up by the amount of assholes that, that are out there. Well,
0: that's, that's a different way to do it, I guess. But anyway. Oh just,
1: man, that's fascinating. God, that's what, pretty what cool nugget. I told
0: you that if you did the same approach that you would win the entire main event, Rob, then uh, if you did all your main event bids after nine bottles of water, would you do it then?
1: The overall or just the league?
0: <laughs> all right. Overall, the overall.
1: Uh the overall, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll strap. Um, okay,
0: okay, okay. All right, I'll,
1: anyway. I'll pee into a bag attached on my waist, Todd. If that's the case.
0: Okay, I just thought you'd like <laughs> that story, so I just. Uh...
1: No, that's awesome. That's a pretty. I I missed that. I totally missed that. That's that's awesome and good for Joe Musgrove. That's awesome. It's uh, you know, I feel. Look at all these guys that the Pirates must be looking at, right? Glass oh now and, and 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 Musgrove and, uh, and.
0: The thing is, they didn't get enough for them. It was. It's one thing to trade them, but to, to, to really get nothing. Time, you know. I mean, it's uh. time. <laughs> It's just kind of sad because they just can't seem to do anything right. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Todd. All right. Uh, before we sign off, tell everyone where they could find you on Twitter and yeah. um, where they could find your work right now.
0: Sure. It's uh, at Telstar7 on Twitter uh, if people want to hit me up. And then uh, I'm writing for spstreamer.com, as uh, Rob mentioned. Every week, Monday or Tuesday, I should come out with a main event article covering Fab and the leaders in every league and uh you know and i support what rob was saying about the discord i'm on there too uh trying to help answer questions and discuss what's going on there's a lot of uh savvy people not just the writers that are on the discord channel
1: i agree with you todd there's 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 some sharp people just hanging out and they're talking baseball all day long so it's it's pretty it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool thing to see um you know um yeah, and it's been growing. Michael's started something special there, and uh, I think everyone appreciates the kind of uh, person that he is um, and, and his help, too, uh in the in the pitching streaming world. Um, yeah. He's very hard on himself, and he got off to a bad start this year, but I told him that he'll write the ship, you know, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. he puts in the work. He's got a great process, and, and you know... Um, you, you can't get them all, you know? You're yeah, not going to get them know.
0: all. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an easy thing to do to pick streamers out of low-rostered players, you know? It's, uh, right. Uh, you know, if you can do that with some success, you're better than me. So I, I give uh, him all the uh, props for that. And uh, a lot of the other articles are really good, too, uh, about uh, different angles on fantasy and uh, different players. And I think uh, it's definitely worth uh, checking it out.
1: Um, yeah, we got all the streaming is- needs. We got um, streaming catches, streaming stolen bases, streaming batters, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. streaming relievers. So we got it all the there. not the just the site FPC- is
0: free. The site is free. You can log on uh, uh, to the, to the uh, right. uh, streamer.com for no charge. So if people want to just look around, I think it's worth it.
1: Absolutely. It's a great thing to mention. All that and all those articles that we're mentioning right now are free on SPstreamer.com. If you join up, you do get involved in a Discord. Again, for 15 bucks a year. I think it's a no-brainer like me and Todd mentioned. There's a bunch of savvy um, fantasy players in there just talking baseball all day long. So again, Todd, thank you for joining me once again. This has been great. And I am going to now I got a conundrum here. Watch the second Met game or watch Bieber versus Giolito. Oh that's <laughs> a tough one.
0: Good luck with that decision.
1: <laughs> all right, Todd. Have a good one, buddy. All right, see you later. Alrighty folks, that will conclude this episode of the Po Hitter Podcast. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the support. It is much appreciated. It's not possible without you guys listening. So thanks for coming back all the time or sometimes or anytime at all. Really appreciate it. Um yeah, stay grinding in your leagues. Um you could find me at Deadpool Hitter on Twitter. Hit me up if you have any questions, DM me. They're open. Um yeah. Enjoy life getting to be, you know, for me here on the East Coast, getting nicer outside, you know, get outside, get some fresh air, you know, just do some things in the garden or whatever you can do outside. Take the computer out there if you still want to do your work and check out some games on a tablet or just read a book, you know, or just deactivate for the day, you know, it's another Every now and then you gotta deactivate from technology. Just whoosh, cut it out, recharge. Um, yeah, be well, everybody. Smarten up and don't be a bag of shit.